Yeah, I know Mickey will back me up. So do I really need a mic? No. Uh, the reason I have one is because uh, AM Basecamp, which is where we normally record the talk, the uh, recorder failed, so they're recording this one. Um, I am not, uh, I'm not really supposed to be the speaker. I was actually hitchhiking on Old King Mill and somebody picked me up and said, hey, can you come and speak to us? So here I am. So learning the art of, uh, just a little bit about me, actually, by the way. Uh, so I know several of you, but not all of you. Obviously, I'm here at BCC, have been since 1990. Um, in the Navy, um, Nikki and I were both in submarines, although different places. He was a captain, I was a lowly junior officer. Um, and uh, left the Navy, left active duty, uh, stayed in the reserves, and came here to work for uh, Defense Intelligence Agency. Retired from there two years ago. So, and as I said, have been here at BCC since uh, 1990. Uh, I'm an older, or elder, I guess they call them elders, um, here and have been, I guess, for probably four years. So, uh, and so if there are any questions you have about the church or where we're going or the building project or any of that, feel free to ask me afterwards. Okay, so last week uh, they talked about. There is a succession of topics right now that you guys love because you're guys. Okay, the one last week was getting to know yourself. And there is nothing I think guys like better than sitting around getting to know themselves. And, you know, sitting in a circle, putting your fingers together, humming, drumming a lot, that kind of stuff. Well, now we get to up at a level. Now it's not only, now that you've gotten to know yourselves, now you get to share it with your wife. Okay, that's why I'm here. The art of self-revelation to somebody else. And most guys, your stomach's turning, okay? And it's not the brownies. It's just the idea, do I really want to, to share myself, whom I know, if you're like me, know myself only pretty imperfectly anyway and don't necessarily like all that I know, to share that with somebody else, but your wife needs it. Uh, are you going to advance me, Alex, or do, do Alex? Do I need to do I need to push the red button, and where do I point it? Okay, yeah, right, got it. Oh, the white button, got it. Okay, so I must have been, yeah, yeah. I was trying to model it. It's actually very good. <laughs> so why do we need to talk about this? Genesis 2.24. God starts out, man and woman, a man leaves his father and his mother, cleaves to his wife, and they become one flesh. That process of becoming one, sharing yourself with your wife, is essential. It's not just nice. It's essential to that process. I don't know your marriages. Um, how many of you are married, by the way, right now? Okay. So everybody, essentially. But I don't know you, what your marriage is like, but my guess is that for most of your wives, they really want to hear from you about the things that we're going to talk about tonight. We may not think so, but they really do, and they need to. Even if they don't want to, they need to. Okay, so it's not 
Self-revelation is not egotism. It's not sharing your strengths and successes. There, that'll be part of it, but it's sharing yourself, your strengths and your weaknesses, your successes and your failures, your fulfilled desires and your unfulfilled desires, and working with her on how those can become fulfilled desires. So, so it's sharing yourself, not just uh, what you want other people to see. A few cautions at no extra charge. Okay, uh, You may know about the class that Randy Smith and Jim Hassett are teaching on Monday nights, uh, uh, dealing with purity. If you are in a situation where you are dealing with an issue that's a threat to your marriage, pornography is the obvious one, but it's not the only one, um, I encourage you, and I think Jim and Randy would as well, talk to an experienced Christian guy, a, you know, a pastor, a, one of the guys in the ministry, any of the elders, guys here, guys at your table, before you dump the truck on your wife. I know of at least two marriages that ended, not because the wife was, was a bad person, but she just wasn't able to handle the volume of information that the, the penitent husband, he wanted to just make things right, but it was just too much. She just couldn't handle all of that at once. So if that's the situation, you know, we need to share, but we need to do it wisely. And so talk to somebody to help you do that. Okay, here we go. Oh, one thing. Actually, I, I left out an illustration. It was a really good one, too. Okay, the self-revelation. Here's my visual, here are my visual aids. Okay, this is a bag. This is your word bag. Each guy starts out his day, and this bag is full of words. And you take them out and speak them. When the bag's empty, you stop talking. Okay? So self-revelation is taking that bag and maybe making it this. Or even this, if you really work at it. Now, don't worry about exhausting your wife's capacity, because her bag is this. And this is not even a good illustration because her bag has no bottom. Because okay? <laughs> she loves to talk and she loves, again, generalizing, she loves to hear you talk. Okay? And she needs to hear you talk. Okay. And as we're going through, just ask questions <clears throat> anytime. There's, this is really informal. So, and if you do, I can get a cookie. Okay, so... Self-revelations, there are four categories that Chapman, and I'm sure somebody has shown you the book that we're using, this book, Covenant Marriage. It actually is quite good. Um, five Love Languages is the most famous, more famous one, but this one is actually pretty good too because it looks at marriage, as you've heard, I think, in an earlier lesson, as a covenant, not a contract. So, um, so he looks here, same categories that we looked at last week, Sharing observations, observing something happening, and my interpretation of that thing. Sharing feelings, that's obvious. Desires, what I want. Uh, and behaviors. We'll get to behaviors and think, why do I need to talk to her about my behaviors? Uh, probably if, you, if you're really honest with yourself, you can think back to times when you really wished you would have done that uh, and explained your behavior to your wife before what happened, happened. So, anyway, we'll talk about that some more. 
now how to avoid hopefully having your head handed to you as you reveal yourself to your wife for example as you observe your wife's behavior there may be things that concern you or frustrate you or irritate you or really make you mad okay now how do I communicate that to my wife in a way that maintains the unity between my head and my shoulders instead of getting her chopping off my head in anger at the way I share it well now this is a test so put your thinking caps on here are your two choices here's a situation you are getting an award at work and your wife the night before tells you oops I scheduled something else during your award ceremony now your two choices are honey it really hurts that you scheduled something at the same time that I am getting an award that's choice one choice two is you always forget things that are important to me a choice one hands okay B choice two okay you're you're dead <laughs> so another one and I can I can almost guarantee that 75% of you will identify with this you are getting in bed it's 1030 and you have to get up at 5 and it's been a long day hopefully a good one but maybe not and you're just drifting off your wife turns over and says darling or lettuce lips or whatever she says um, you know it says gosh we really need to talk about how Johnny's doing in school and I would bet that more than one of you has done what I have done and reacted negatively to that okay saying something like um, why do you keep asking me these questions about the kids or our marriage when I'm about to go to sleep I've said words very similar to that actually um, versus and I just can't imagine a guy saying this but but maybe he will maybe he will maybe I will when I'm really thinking about it I really feel frustrated when we get into deep discussions late at night what might we do about this to prevent it from coming up again okay. I'm not saying it works I'm just saying that's what's on the paper okay so you might try it anyway what can it hurt it probably won't work any worse than what you tried before now Matt I think sort of waste of time so. <laughs> so this is a worse crowd than the morning crowd morning crowd at least people are tired so they don't they aren't they don't act up as much <laughs> maybe so, but keep it keep a personal perspective avoiding universal statements okay self-revelation uh, for observations and interpretations we've talked about some of this already so better is a dry morsel with quiet than a house full of feasting with strife the beginning of strife is like letting out water so quit before the quarrel breaks out we are the guys we are the ones who are supposed to be the sacrificial servant leaders in our household the fundamental responsibility not the exclusive ability but the fundamental responsibility lies with us to keep that quarrel from breaking up we may fail 
but it's obligatory for us to try. So I share what I observe and how I interpret it, honestly seeking, honestly seeking confirmation or correction or opening a dialogue. It's not asking to confirm or requiring her to confirm my version of events. It's honestly, honestly asking her, saying, this is what I thought, am I right? Words to that effect, however you, you phrase it in your marriage. But, and be willing to listen to, no, you're not. Um, and then opening a dialogue about it. We've already, already, already talked about the examples. Any questions on this one? Observation of, observations and interpretations. Okay, feelings. Again, guys, they, and, and Darth Vader does this, so why can't you? Luke, search your feelings. You know this to be true. Darth Vader is sort of your classic guy. If he said it, everybody else should do it too. So, but it is an important, more seriously, it is an important part of knowing and sharing ourselves with our wives. They do need to know how we feel about things. And not only the good stuff. They need to know when we're frustrated at work, when we're depressed, um, and I'll get back to that in a, a minute. Um, now, I don't need to put feelings in the driver's seat, but I need to recognize they're in the car. I don't need to let my feelings control how I interact with my wife, but I need to recognize and share that my feelings are present in my interactions with her. If I'm down or depressed or angry or frustrated or whatever it is, or happy, ecstatic, uh, she needs to know that so she knows what the universe is that she's entering when she talks with, with you. Now, one caution, no extra charge again. I went a number of years with continuous discouragement, sort of light depression. And there's no light depression. Depression is never light. It's always there. If you find yourself sort of continually, not just occasionally down, but frequently or always down or discouraged, get some help. We have lots of counselors in the church. Talk to guys like Alec or Michael Coffey. Um, talk to, the guy, to a guy at your table, a friend that you know closely. Uh, if you're in the federal government, you're, you almost certainly have an employee assistance program that actually, that actually does work, uh, at least ours did. So if that's an issue, don't suffer in silence and don't suffer for years. And if you have a security clearance, which I did for my, my career, Going to EAP, at least in my agency, was not a reportable incident. You didn't have to tell security when you did your update that you were in EAP for counseling because it was a DIA function. Now, your agency may be different. You have to look at that. But, but it is important to remember, don't be intimidated from getting help. Even if it is reportable, don't live in misery um, just because you fear that it will have some effect on your clearance. Anyway, no charge. Desires and behaviors. So hope deferred make the heart sick, makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Desiring doesn't equal demanding. You know, I share my, my desires with my wife. It doesn't mean that I require her to then in, enlist in the army of those who are devoted to satisfying my desires. But it does mean that she knows it's a desire. For example, with, with me, um, when I retired, I wanted to go back to school and get a master's degree in military history. So I shared that with her, and, and we talked about it and decided 
uh, yeah, that seems like a good idea. So I did that. Again, it's a commonplace example. You all have your own. But it's important that she knows about those. If she doesn't know about them, she can't weigh in on them and say, are you sure you really want to do that? Or to say, I never knew you wanted to do that. How can I help? Something like that. She may not say either of those things. I got that. But she does need to know what our desires are. Um, behaviors. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Spouses, and you, I can guarantee that if you're married, this has happened to you, and you have also done it to her. The spouse may observe behavior, but misunderstand circumstances. Happened to me, this is a minor thing, my wife uh, hosts a prayer group for women on Thursday nights, Moms in Prayer. It's a great group. They meet at our house. So the goal is that I'll be out of the house by 6.15, because it's only women, and they share very intimately about what's going on in their families. So they want to keep it confined just to that group. So it was about 6.20, and I was still in the house, and I left the house very abruptly. I came back after the prayer group was over, and Carol thought that I was angry about something, the prayer group or something else. Well, I wasn't. I was angry at myself for having overstayed the time and possibly inhibited their group. But she would have thought, hey, he's mad about something. And I don't know, I don't know about you. Usually, with my wife, and I think with many women, when you ask, and Carol actually doesn't do this next thing I'm going to say, but, but some, a lot of women do. When you ask, how are things? And she says, fine. You know, she's just lied. They aren't fine. Okay? They are obviously anything but fine. But it may have nothing to do with you. It may be the kids. It may be traffic. Who knows? Until you probe that and let her tell you why she's not really fine. So, or it may be you. There you go. Better to know. Um, I put this on here. I think everybody, particularly those with children, already do this. Communications, coordination, and planning times. For us, we do it Sunday night, just do a calendar update. Again, probably all of you already do that. <clears throat> That's chapter 11. Chapter 12, and I'm, I'm going to give it really short shrift. It d deserves more, but I'll cover it with you. And actually, next week, Dallas is speaking next week here too, right? Or is he? Uh, no, it'll be Paul, actually. We switched up in this class. So okay, okay. Um, Oh, that's right, because you, you guys are doing it in a different order. So actually, Paul's going to talk to you next week about what I assumed he'd already talked to you about, but he hasn't. So, uh, so chapter 12 is priorities. Now, priorities, probably all of us think, uh, okay, so I'm going to ask you, what are your priorities? <laughs> Did you ever hear this joke about the girl, girl in Sunday school? And uh, the teacher asks her, uh, she's a second grader or something, you know, what's the little gray rodent that goes up in squirrels, or goes up in uh, trees? And so she says, I thought it was a squirrel, but I know you want me to say Jesus. <laughs> okay? Because it's sort of the expectation. So when I ask you, what is your top priority, you're going to say, okay, he expects me to say God. And that's true, because it is, he is supposed to be our number one priority. But we think of, what's our number one priority? We think of it like a seesaw. So there's God on one side and my job or my wife or whatever on the other side. And i got to somehow balance those but always keep God 
down on the ground and the, and the other thing up in the air, so that God is always the first priority. But I also have to recognize that's not a realistic way of living life. If your wife is in the hospital with cancer, she's going to be really high on your priority list. And you may not get to, you know, for example, you're probably not going to work. Um, does that mean your job's not a priority? No. It just means right now your family is your number one. Obviously under God because you're working with him on that. So rather than the seesaw, perhaps a better way to look at it is the hand. That God's the thumb and everything interacts with the thumb. And sometimes it'll be the four fingers, so your family is where you need to put your primary attention under God. Your job may be, you know, you have a huge project due, you have to go TDY or whatever, um, but always working under God's lordship. So God is always number one priority, but he's working with you in addressing the rest of life. There's a similar, if you've ever seen uh, the uh, Campus Crusade tract on sharing the gospel, on the back of it, is an illustration. It's like your table. Uh, so it seats around a throne in the center. And if Christ is on the throne in the center, he brings everything around the table, all your priorities, into balance. So, so that's a more, for me, that's a more useful illustration than that seesaw, balance, seesaw uh, idea. So short-term and long-term priorities, I have found it helpful. Um, used to be better at it than I am now. In setting priorities in the short term, so next year or over the next year or so, and in the long term, uh, ultimately lifetime goals. What are you? It's useful to have a, an answer to the question if somebody asks you, what are some of your lifetime goals? Because as Dallas always shares, uh, if, you're, if you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. So if I don't have a life, some lifetime goals in the areas of, of uh, mental development, physical development, spiritual development, um, then I'm likely to arrive exactly there, nowhere. So it is helpful to have those lifetime goals and then building toward them those short-term goals. That's a very superficial statement of a, of a topic that really deserves a lot of in-depth looks. But um, anyway, so it's also part of this lesson in that sharing those is really important. Again, you and your wife need to be and the children, too, to a degree, need to be on the same, because part of your goals are for them, obviously. You have things that you want to see God do in their lives. You want to make them, you know, godly men and women. You want them to be successful, to be able to launch successfully, uh, to marry well. So part of your goals are really, you can't accomplish them, but they're nonetheless goals you have for your children. So, And sharing them with them is important so that they realize that. So... But you and your wife can perhaps work toward making progress on common goals and helping each other in your goals. And in this area, gee, that sounds really hard. There's a lot of work to it. Some progress is better than never starting. So even just starting the process is an achievement. Okay. I think uh, I'm going to move to the questions now. So this one you'll probably mostly skip. They did in the morning camp too. Share one example from your life of failure or refusal to share yourself and the consequences of that omission. But if you're brave enough and you want to talk about it, go ahead. But most guys, <laughs> I know, guys in the morning, morning session are not really awake enough to, to deal with a, a question that deep. So, but you guys probably are. Uh, consider 
the categories, observations and interpretations, feelings, <coughs> desires, and behavior. Which is the most difficult to share with your wife? Why do you think that might be? For you, which one's hardest? And then the last one, think of one goal in any area you'd like to see God accomplish in your life in the next year and how those close to you, your wife as an example, might help accomplish that goal and if you want to share it with a group. Okay? That's it. Any questions before I leave the podium? Okay, over to you, uh, whoever's in charge.